This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the To Hull and Back podcast, sponsored by Old Zoological Bar and Kingfisher Fish and Chips in Hull. Um, I'm doing the intro because um, we, we've we've had an intro issue this year, but Nathaniel will be hosting, and obviously we're joined by Joe as well. So um, I'll hand over to you, Nathaniel. That, that was excellent. That was excellent. Yeah. Um, I've just nice. unmuted myself early then. I was scared you were going to make me do it instead. So it was nice <laughs> not having to worry about that. Um, we've had issues, but last week was the best intro I've done, but you kindly offered today. Mm. So I'll just uh, let you take the reins. But yeah, as you can see from the title, transfer special. There are just a few days before uh, Wednesday's deadline day. Closes shut at what, 11 or 12 or 1? I don't really know what the official time is, but you get those uh, deal sheets in as well for the last hour. So should be another exciting one. I think we signed four players last uh deadline day could be another four this time so um but let's just uh, give a recap of our thoughts on the chancellor window so far um i think it's sharp carvalho panda in uh, smith out on loan uh vinagre's gone back to hellas for rona and then i'm probably forgetting some Twine. others ryan woods twine's gone uh ryan woods has come back although he's not He'll be going it out. The total again. one, as as per the tweet that I put out before, incoming yes. confirmed was Billy Sharp, Cavalio Panda. Uh, outgoing com- uh, confirmed is obviously Scott Twine recalled, Vinagra recalled, Smith and loan to Cheltenham, Harry Sander on loan to Southend, Harry Wood on loan to Grimsby, and Alfie Taylor out on loan to St. Pat's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So pretty busy. I'm sure they're going to be even busier. Um, but I'm pretty sure we announced Billy Sharp on January the 1st, so we'll just start there. Four games so far, no goals, 
not playing the role we expected him to. He's playing up front, but we didn't expect him to start any games by this point. But he's had to start two, one in the cup. And then, well, he didn't start against Norwich, but he basically played the whole match. So top championship goal scorer of all time. He's not really shown that so far, uh, but thoughts on that to begin with. We've got to remember he's approaching 40 and he's not going to be able to chase balls down and press like Delap and Connolly might be able to do mm. for the full 75 minutes he was on the pitch against Norwich and then three days later do it for another hour against Birmingham in the FA Cup. He's here to do the role he played against Sunderland and against Birmingham on debut, come in late in the game and try and put some put some passes together and get in the right area for the ball to fall to his feet and smash it in, hopefully, with any luck. So until he gets to do that role that we've obviously brought him in to do, we won't really be able to judge what sort of a well, how good or bad a signing he'll be for me. I don't know what we really expected from him because like you say, he's, he's 37 years old. He didn't he scored two goals in the in the whole season that he had at Sheffield United the last time he was in this league. Um he was in decent form obviously in the MLS, but it's you know, the MLS. What, what yeah, how how quality wise you compare that to the championship, you know, is up to your discretion. But for me, like he was obviously brought in as more of an off the field influence for um some of the younger players we've got in the squad and like like Joe said, he'll play bit parts off the bench and hopefully grab a couple of goals for me. But we definitely didn't bring him here to start. Um, I think he would probably say in interviews he was coming here to, to try and start games if he could, but, you know, players will. Um, but realistically, I mean, especially from what we've seen from him, he, he can't, he's not a hold the ball up kind of player, you know, so when we're trying to put the ball into his feet, you know, we're not getting the best from him. So what, what we need is to be able to get real quality in the box, which I think has been a, a big issue of ours this season is that final ball, that, that delivery has been poor. But if you can just stick him in the box in the last 10, 15 minutes of the game and just get a decent cross into him, you know, he's probably going to score quite a few for us. But at the minute, obviously, with the injuries and everything and the players that we haven't yet brought in, um, we've been struggling to get that bit of delivery. So hopefully, um, you know, like we say, we're bringing in maybe another striker and then just allow Sharp to to, to do what he came here to do and, and make an impact off the bench. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, so far we've not really seen enough of him to know whether it's going to be a good signing or not, but he's probably only going to have a few more substitute appearances as well. It may be that he doesn't even play that much his entire time, and I'm, I don't feel like we'd give him a contract next season. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, it's a bit harsh on him to expect him to play the same way Delap or Connolly would with them both injured, which is why we're going to be talking about the new striker we're getting in later. And then uh, Ivor Panda, I think, I'm not sure whether he was officially announced last week. Um, maybe last he was, but... Panda was announced, yeah. Ah, so it would have been the last podcast. Um, again, uh, we, we talked a little bit about that, whether he's going to start over Olsop. But I think getting a young goalkeeper for the future is a very good idea, especially with the form of Olsop and Ingram dropping ever so slightly in the last few months. So... I mean, if anyone has anything to add that they've thought about Panda, I mean, Antti went on last week's episode. So what are your thoughts on him? No, from, from I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to, that I've watched loads of him and, mm. and that I know loads about him. I don't. Um, but from what 
you know, the Fortuna Sittard fans were saying that, you know, he's one of the best goalkeepers they've had in a long time. And because, which is interesting because he's so young um, and usually goalkeepers don't really hit their prime and, and until, you know, you know, late 20s, 30s. So um, for him to be so young and, and obviously making such an impact at the previous club um, only means good for us. One thing that I did note, there's the, the, the Fortuna Sittard fan says he wasn't brilliant with the ball at his feet yet. So that was quite a, I was like, oh, right, interesting. Because I felt like Rosinia maybe would have been looking at goalkeepers that were decent with the ball at his feet because that seems to be the mantra at the minute. But, you know, like you say, he's young and he, he's, he's probably thinking, you know, he'll, he'll learn that as he goes along. Um, and it's decent competition again for Allsop. Obviously, I can imagine us moving Ingram on. Um, but no, exciting signing. It's it's the kind of goalkeeper, I think, that obviously he's, he's got the, the future in mind. Um, obviously not convinced by the two we've had this season so far. So he needed to delve in and get another. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, nice to have a, a permanent player for the next few years, hopefully. Um, Ingram, well, we'll just talk about him now. Uh, it's reported he will be leaving on loan, uh, or maybe even a permanent deal. Um, I mean, this is the third goalkeeper that will, was it even the fourth goalkeeper he's going to be dropped for? Olsop, Darlow, Baxter, Panda. I think, yeah, he deserves to go and play somewhere. He's a good goalkeeper. I don't know whether he's going to be going to a lower championship club. Um, but probably League One. Uh, but generally, I think he'll be looked at pretty positively as a solid goalkeeper. Um, he's done his best trying to play out from the back, but, you know, pivotal. Did he play every single game of the League One title winning season? I think we'll look back on him with, you know, positive thoughts, won't we? Yeah. Yeah. Good servant to the club was our starting goalkeeper for most of that League One season. And when we stepped back up to the Championship, he was very, very solid. So, I mean, when he got dropped for Baxter, he didn't necessarily do anything wrong. It's just that when Baxter was brought in, we won that Barnsley game. And after that, you can't really drop him, can you? So, yeah, good servant. Think, yeah, it's been it's been unfair on Ingram because I think, as we've said plenty of times, and I think City fans know, he's, he's a decent goalkeeper. He's just a victim of the system. Like Rosini wants to play this style where we're going to be, you know, a bit. We want to take risks by playing out from the back, and and realistically, you need a goalkeeper that can do that. And Ingram, as we've seen, you know, that's probably his, his only weakness um, as a goalkeeper at the minute is that he's just his distribution just isn't brilliant. Um, and we saw, I think, in the games where he played, you know, like where 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 teams, you know, limited his options short. Um, Hitting it long is just not very accurate either. So it's clear what Rosini is wanting us to do, and he just unfortunately doesn't fit into that. But like you say, I, I, hopefully he gets a, a permanent move somewhere and he can just be number one week in, week out because he is a good, solid keeper. And I think anyone in the championship, um, you know, it would be a good signing for them because I can't imagine it'll cost a lot of money either. So I, I can imagine a, a, a side maybe with a bit of goalkeeping problems where take a gamble on him and, and, and get him in as a solid, reliable uh, backup to Weber and eventually a number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And uh, finally, um, probably, well, definitely the most exciting signing uh, that we've made so far and maybe will prove to be the best signing we'll have made in January. Fabio Carvalho scored the winner last week when we sung his praises then. But uh, again, that's a massive sign of ambition. Um, who knows whether Jurgen Klopp leaving Liverpool at the end of the season will actually have any impact on whether we could get Morton or Carvalho I don't think it would, because I don't think we could afford them if we didn't get promoted anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, nice to get one over Leeds. So, um, 
Of the of the three, he's the best signing so far, isn't he? Definitely. Most exciting, yeah. definitely. And uh, of course, attacking players are always going to be more exciting, I'd say, from goalkeepers or old players who are probably playing on the bench. Is is a, is a is a game winner? Um, is the kind of signing that he's up there for me in like the Philogene standard, where he's just going to, especially when he hits full fitness, I think he'll be a really exciting player to watch. I'm excited to see how he links up with Jaden um and any of the other signings that might come in um but the thing is with him is he could win as a game like he showed at Sunderland literally with just one moment of magic and you need players across the pitch that can win you the game in a moment instead of having just one that you rely on so it kind of takes the burden off Jaden as well when he comes back in and I think helps us be a more balanced team I think he's going to be more of a match winner than Scott Twine was I think which is why probably we weren't actually that bothered that Twine got recalled and, and to replace him with Cavalio because he's you know a vastly superior player um, but no, yeah, he's, 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 he's a, he was he was really good for Fulham in that promotion season. So if we can try and get him to recapture that form, you know, we've got a a, a top six team in waiting, really. But it's it's whether or not we can keep him fit and get him up to um, you know the standard of uh, fitness levels that that Rosini demands of this team. You know, with the pressing for ninety minutes and whatnot. So let's see how he links up with everybody. And I think it's going to be a, a really exciting end to the season, especially when this window shuts and we we know what team we've got. So. Let's enjoy these players like Fabio and Jaden because you don't know how long you're going to have them for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a way that we could get promoted and have an amazing squad full of all these players on loan, or we could never see them again. We'll probably get other players on loan next season if we don't go up. But uh, yeah, it's a difficult one to know. I was saying last night on that note um, about because the FFP conversation mm-hmm. came up and like. Adjun hasn't shut up about FFP and parachute payments or what have you since he's come in. And, you know, Tan and whatever manager has been in place, they've constantly been asked about it. So it's going to be something pressing on the minds of everyone doing deals at the club. But the nature of the championship probably is we're going to have to see, we're going to have to lose someone for a decent amount of money, especially when you consider players like Oscar, Ryan Woods, who are, I think we're going to struggle to move on in the summer, to be honest with you, because their wages will just be so high. So we're going to have to have a bit of a clear out of the so-called deadwood in the summer. But some, but I've gone a bit of a tangent and I've, I've lost my, I've lost my point. What I'm He's saying, all about FFP. Yeah, what I'm saying is so. There we go. I've got it. So you're saying we might not see Jade and Cavalio for much longer if. We are borderline with FFP and we do need to sell to bring players in. We've got Greaves and Philogene, who as much as we won't want to sell them, we know that we've got two players there who can make us a very, very tidy profit. I think we'll make at least 10 million profit on Philogene. We've got him for, what, 5 million quid. We can easily get minimum 15 million because that's the buyback Aston Villa have got. And I don't Mm -hmm. see us selling him to anyone else for any less than that and then Greaves I reckon a, a solid at least 10 million pound player as well so if we need to the point the point I'm trying to make now I've got there is if to balance the books we need to move players on and sell to buy we've got two players there who can immediately bring us sort of a bit more into the green mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I personally don't think that um, I mean that I think the two possibilities are is one um, FFP wise, they've realised we had a bit more wiggle room than they first thought. 
which yeah. is why they've decided to go for it. Because I, I can't personally see, because um, they seem like smart guys adding in town. I think they've got they've been advised in the right ways about FFP and, and they know full well where we were. So I don't think they would be signing this amount of players if they knew that we were going to end up in a situation where it's going to come back and bite us on the ass. But I think the other possibility is that they've realised the position we're in midway through January. We've come through our worst period of the season form-wise and we're still within touching distance of the top six. Has Ajahn gone to Rosinia and said, do I'm you want to go for it this season? Instead yeah. of like, that, I can imagine that the, the talk was over the next three years, let's see, mm. you know, let's let's stay up, finish mid-table, then go for top six. And we're kind of ahead of schedule. And I think they might have had a meeting in December and gone, look, I'm willing to back here. Do you think you can get top six this season? And they might have, it, and Rosini has gone. Yeah, absolutely. I think the squad with a few more it's additions. Not going to say no. Exactly, that's what I mean. So mm. either either we've got more money than than perhaps we thought we did in terms of FFP, or Arjun's gone to Rosie. Do you want me to back here this window and let's go for it this season? And Rosini's gone. Yeah, let's go for it. So we'll just have to wait and see. And it's worth noting as well. I know we'll touch on it a bit more later, but the Giles transfer. Whether we, I think we will use the buy option in that because I think he just will be so good for us and it'll be worth doing, especially if Luton come down and weaken a champion, weaken a championship rival. That that's going to count towards next season, so that's that leads us a bit a little bit lighter on this front. Mm. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, we have all the biscuit money that will count a lot sponsorship. We are top well probably i feel like probably top four top five top six in terms of sponsorship in the championship with the mcfitties money which is you know bankroll would buy one of agents close uh sort of i don't know friends or yeah. affiliates all friendly the, affiliates all the local businesses we've got on board as well there was a big push of them at the start of the season that'll all add up mm-hmm. and uh you know loans yeah we're going to be spending a bit of money there's loan fees as well but we're not going to be paying all the wages and other clubs have spent a lot and you know not not been done for ffp uh and i mean obviously it doesn't exactly work like this but uh we've lost twine we've lost vanagre aliar the kilo cynic ingram woods etc we will free up a bit of wages there Plus, we were supposed to spend an extra two million in a transfer fee on Keenan uh, Davis in the summer, which we didn't. Yeah. So you could argue that that was two million we didn't spend. Um, so I don't know how these things work. It probably isn't as simple as that. But uh, yeah, and the options I think are good because I feel like the chances of Philogene being here next season are relatively slim like 25 30 percent staying that's what i'd say and we're gonna get 50 million bare minimum for him if he has the same form he did uh before his injury you know when he's back fit next week so um yeah i mean 10 million on greaves 7 million 8 million on jones 3 4 on slater you know there are lots of players we could get so financially i think you're fine and I mean, I don't know anyone, anyone can remember, but is it six million loss per year you can have on FFP? Is that it? Is it? Yeah, I think yeah. From 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 what um, I can remember from the obviously the Kieran Maguire episode that you were on with him, um, I think the, the, 
the thing is, realistically, we, we don't know what finances are, what, what the issue is with the team at the minute. We don't know what how how far in profit we are, how far in loss we are. We don't know how much all the sponsorship money that we've got coming in. We don't know about the revenue coming in for match days and for merchandise. So realistically, we might actually be in a better position than we expected to be. Maybe Maybe at the beginning of the season, they didn't think we would actually have so much money coming into the club at this point. And in January, they've gone, do you know what? We've actually um, earned a lot more than we expected to, so we can probably uh, afford to dabble a bit more. That's it's only rest. speculation. Yeah. Realistically, you've just got to, you've just got to, you've got to trust the club. You've got to, you've got to, because you, you, the limited information that we've got, you've got to assume that Rosini, Argentan, everybody involved is is sensible enough to know what they're doing yeah. and they're, they're, they're keeping us within the means that we can. The way Tan Kesler talks, I think it's uh, impossible for them to accidentally break FFP and if they do then uh, we will sell players in the summer and I think it'll be fine uh, I mean it is worrying just how many loans there are but if some of those loans may be permanent anyway so like Ant said they're high. not stupid people Rosinia is, no. he, he's been wanting to do this sort of stuff all his life so he'll be he'll be aware of what the rules are and then Ajahn's a businessman, Tan knows football inside out. And there'll be loads of people at the club tasked with looking at everything, like everything finance-wise in minute detail to make sure we don't overspend. And I'll, I'll just, because we're coming to the end of this conversation now, aren't we? I'll just say I haven't brought FFP up because I'm a whinger and I'm all that kind of thing. Because I've just brought it up because I knew it would come up. And it linked to what Ant was saying about moving players on if we needed to. But it's a valid concern, especially as a club that that's had financial issues in the past. Uh, as fans, you have the right to be concerned when you when you see that. You know, I think I was I was listening to Talksport the other day, and this has been the quietest January transfer window they've had in years. Like I think last last year they said they'd spent um, as a country um, over eight hundred million in January, and this January we've not even touched a hundred million yet. So I feel like every club's kind of a bit because of what's happening to Forest, Everton, Man City, people like that, they're starting to actually slam down these charges on clubs and stuff. You can see the state of Red Inner in, you know, we've seen Derby, you've seen Berry go bust. Fans are, are rightly concerned. I mean, you want to see ambition, but you want to see it done sensibly in the right way. You, you look at clubs like Brighton and Brentford that have done it the right way, and now they're competing at the highest level. So you want to find that balance. And as a fan, when you see that nobody else is really spending any money, and we seem to be the only club that's going, yeah, we'll have him. We'll have him. And it's just like every day it's a new player. They're a very good player that's probably going to be on a nice whack of wages. You know, we're spending quite a, a, a decent sum of money for a championship club. I mean, we're spending four million on players, which at this level is 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 a guaranteed top half championship standard player, in my opinion, in today's market. Well, you, so, well that's the idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, in theory. Um, but like you say, as, as supporters, you, you you genuinely do start to think, can we do that? But like I say, we, we, we've got to trust that the, the club know full well where we stand in terms of FFP and um, just just enjoy the ride and then let's see what happens in summer. Like we say, we've got contingencies, haven't we, in Greaves and Philogene and players like that. I mean, it's not good in terms of wanting to actually get promoted because you want to keep your best players. But yeah, worst, sure. worst case scenario, you have got players there to bankroll you out of FFP if needs be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, the thing is, I don't know whether we're going to be getting... Well, you'd like to think we could maybe sell Cynic and Ali after a little bit, but compared to the, when we were spending 
three, four million on players like Stephen Kingsley, Kevin Stewart, John Terrell, Noah Dicko. Um, one million on James Scott. One million on James Scott. Uh, that all left for free. I mean, the five million, and then we're going to probably get more than that. So, filling back is more than we, you know, got back on all those players we signed under the Alams. So, that will help a lot. So, uh, yeah, we've touched on Ryan Giles there, but last week when uh, we didn't know that we were going to be getting him, or hopefully getting him, it's not been announced yet, but I think that is just, I think that's just waiting on announcement. Um, he's, you know, I saw other clubs were interested in terms of a left back. Uh, defensively, I don't know, he's, he's more of a wing back, but really, in terms of getting a left back in January as a championship club, it's pretty much the best we could hope for. 21 assists in the last two seasons for uh, loan moves at uh, Middlesbrough, Blackburn and Cardiff. Incredible. Hopefully incre- uh, improve the set pieces and um, allow Coyle not to have to play on the left anymore. So Ryan Giles, hopefully going to be an incredible signing. Yeah. Um I'll give you some insight here. I spoke to one of the mm. one of the teachers at my college is a Middlesbrough fan. I, I asked him, sir, what um what's what's Ryan Giles like? We're signing him. Oh, you're signing him. I saw um I saw he was going to a championship club, didn't know it was you. Uh, for four and a quarter million or whatever your buy option is, it's a steal. He's what he's got one of the best left foots I've ever seen. Pretty consistent. And some of the stuff he'd do with the football for a left back is stuff I haven't seen ever. So, yeah, yeah by, by that, it'll be a brilliant signing for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the only slight concern, not concern, but the only positive, uh, negative thing you could look at it is uh, why are Luton potentially selling him so soon? But I think, you know, he's a relatively young player. They're happy with, uh, is it Doherty? Left back, he's done well, and Giles will want to play a game, so he might get a bit of money for him. So, yeah, I think probably a good move for us. Not sure if it's a good move for Luton necessarily, especially if we're able to sign him and they do go down, then they've missed out on an opportunity to have one of the best left backs in the league. Uh, but yeah, and um, Ryan Giles, thumbs up. Absolutely. Very exciting signing. I mean, if you if you get the version, obviously, that, that we saw last season and the season before, um, you know, there's question marks about how good he is um, defensively, but I don't think Rosini is looking for a defensively solid fullback, um, judging by the system we play. He wants he wants a fullback that can push up, um, that can offer an attack, you know, extra support, put good delivery in. And like we've seen from, from his assist record, he's definitely got a good delivery on him, which is, you know, like I mentioned earlier, our Achilles heel this season has been our final ball has been horrid at times. So to have a, a fullback of Giles's standard that can put a decent delivery into the box, you know, it would make us a real threat. Because um, I feel like that's an extra string to the bow that we need um, to take us to that top six, you know, kind of standard. Um, but yeah, I mean, realistically, I mean, all the different variations of the system we've played. I mean, you can even play him as a winger if needs be. So, you know, he's, he's a bit... If, if if it came to that point where Philogene gets injured again or the other winger, if we bring in another winger, gets injured or the kilo goes, then we want to play him further up left like we would have probably done Vinagra. It's just like, you know, he's, he's, he's a more dependable version of Vinagra that we've seen has been there, done that before. 
um, and a better injury record. So yeah, it, it makes sense all round. I mean, I think it's what is it four million to buy? Luton paid a. I, I, I think he's still re- Luton's record fee. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> five million record for him in the summer, and we're going to get him for about four, four and a quarter, I think. Hmm. So to to um, to obviously sign a Premier League club's uh, record fee player six months after they signed him, you know, is is his uh, championship level. It's definitely a good signing. So yeah, I'm excited to to see him announced if he is, because um, I think it it it, it definitely transformed that back four and be a natural fullback that we've not had for a long time. Hmm. Certainly, and um, yeah, probably similar type of player to what Van Aert was, but hopefully not injured. Of course, I mean, we'll sign him, he'll probably play really well and then get injured immediately, as as happens mm. with our best players. But, um, yeah, Vinegre has gone off to Italy to Hellas Verona. Um, that was announced on uh, well, just yesterday, I think, or Friday. Uh, Something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think we've talked about him enough. He was good when he played last two games that he has played. One was the match at Huddersfield and Middlesbrough with good assists. Uh, late on but yeah we just didn't see that often enough so hopefully Giles you know and and if Venegre's option to buy was something ridiculous like 15 million euros 5 million for someone who's probably equally as good uh, from that perspective seems like a pretty sensible deal um, you just talked about uh, playing Giles further up maybe at, at wing back Andy Smith going on loan to Cheltenham I think is a good move for him and I think the fact he's played so little for us means he should get a loan move. But again, just down to three centre-backs and with the injury issues we usually have, I feel like we have coped with three centre-backs in the last three seasons, really, or four seasons. Uh, but it's just a tiny bit worrying. Is anyone else worried about that? It's a risk. Um, but Rosie's happy with Stan Ashby, so if he's willing to give Ashby a go, then so be it. I'm not going to say no to having Ian Ashby's son in the team because Stan, when I've watched him for the 21s, looks all right. Yeah, I mean, realistically, he sent one right-footed centre-back cover for Jones out on loan to get game time because Smith's at the age now where he needs to be playing week in, week out at a competitive level. Mm. Um, whereas Ashby's obviously younger. Um, and we've got Macker as the left-footed cover for Greavesy, and then he's just, I would assume, using Ashby as cover for Jones. I mean, the thing is, realistically, he could probably play Macker and Greavesy as two centre-backs as well. I don't get the whole, why would you play a left-footed on the right side kind of thing, because loads of teams play with two right-footers. It makes no sense to me that you know, they can they can do mm. that. Um, but I, I did think when we first sent him out on loan that he might be tempted to bring in um, a centre back, but I don't. I, I think it's unlikely. I think he'd just stick with Ashby and Macker as the backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think the main thing, as it's been for the last three or four transfer windows, four, five, or six transfer windows, attacking players is the priority. I mean, what was the last centre back we actually signed? We had Figueredo. He was awful. Figueredo, then Bernard before that one. Yeah, so we've only signed one permanent centre back since mm. what? In 2020? Three, uh, yeah. In 2020, didn't De- we? Device, probably. Device. I mean, Greaves came, Greaves came up for the academy, didn't he? Macca, we brought in. What, yeah, what year was Macca? We brought Macca. That was summer, yeah, 2019, yeah. Device. So uh, we've been pretty uh, happy with those three. 
Because yeah. we signed Jonesy in League One, but he was actually a midfielder, and we've just converted him to centre-back, so I, I don't know if there's a loophole there. Well, yeah, you think when we He's a centre-back, isn't he? He's a, he's a centre-back. Well, he's a number six naturally, though. That, that, he, he, Alfie Jones was, and at Southampton, at Gillingham, he played as that defensive midfielder, and we signed him to be that. And just because of injury, we played him as a centre-back, and we've just kept him there ever since. When we yeah. signed he's... Jones as well, we had Burke... Device still, still had Taffers early at that point. Greaves coming up, McLaughlin there. Taffers early got moved on pretty quickly. Pretty, much, mm. I think it was the same day. But it shows, it shows the level, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, crazy how the signings we made in League One were better than the signings we made in the Championship the year before, which we also signed from League One. Don't know how that works. But um, the silver was all right until he spat his dummy out. See, yeah, I really I'm not even sure he was. I no, he was a very tidy yeah. player. He just he did he went up for it, was he? Went up for League One, was he? Didn't fancy it. No, no. Uh, well, before we get on to some of the exciting attacking signings we're getting in, I think uh, it's going to be pretty much the same sort of thing we're going to say for all three of these players. Aliar, Jason Lekielo and Dokan Sinek potentially going out on loan. Sort of wingers that came in with a bit of potential, haven't really shown it. Um, England's has had a lot of injury issues being in and out of the team. They need to go play football somewhere else and uh, they're the deadwood. Is there any really any difference there? Um, let's rank them. Which one's the best out of those three? It's Aliar, isn't it? Lakilo's yeah. the worst, and I say that having watched Cynic not be interested for the under twenty ones this year. Mm. But then I'd say value for money, uh, Cynic. Value for money, Cynic's the worst. Cynic might be the worst value for money we've ever had ever. Did we pay money for Jimmy Bullard? We paid five million, but he did score goals in the Premier League. Didn't play yeah. as much as we wanted to, but that was a thing that happened. He was in the Premier League team and he scored a few goals. So I feel like that is some some value for money in some way. Whereas he only Cynic, cost a million, million more than Cynic. Yeah, exactly. And the yeah. money, you know, money now doesn't isn't as much as money back then. Or I mean, Bullard obviously was 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 an outrageous clown, but like you say, at least we got some parts of the on pitch. Um, and then even players like Kingsley, Dicko, etc. did play for us for three years but, and then they ran their contract out. So they oh, were yeah, useful Dicko, for three Dicko years. They weren't in, good, but they did play for several years. Dicko was and, three million. He was a poor signing. Yeah. All he of those were pretty much up there. Eight million for Kevin Stewart, but Robbo went the other way for ten. Five. We signed him for five million and Liverpool got Robertson for nine. So they, they technically got Something Robbo like that. for and gave us Stuart. Yeah, but then again, he played football matches. Yeah, he, you know, I did, I thought Kevin Stewart was all right. He was okay. Yeah, He's all right for like half a season, and that was yeah. it. Did we pay for Sagbo? I, I used yes, to love Sagbo, though. To be fair, Sagbo we... an FA Cup semi final. Yeah, so that's yeah. that. No matter which way you slice it, scoring in a cup semi final is value for money as a striker. Whereas Cynic, like, just no. 
Just nothing. Three, three I think the problem, the, the bigger problem with Cynic is, is that he's obviously on a lot of wages as well. I, th- I feel mm. like they gambled with him signing and spending so much money on him that he was going to come over here and just naturally be a really good player at championship level. And it's just really not worked. And I, I don't know whether that's something to do with the club and he's just not really settled there or he just doesn't fancy it or he has played and then thought, nah, this isn't for me. I want to go back or he's homesick. We don't know, but is it, we just for the amount of money that we've spent on him and are paying for him, it is outrageous that he's still at this football club and he's we need to, to get rid of him. He's got to go permanently in the summer. He'll have a year yeah. left on his contract. Uh, has he got an option? He's got an extra. He's got an option of an extra year, but they're not going to take that, are they? We sure, like surely the only reason we take that if we do is so we can try and sell him on. No, mm. I don't think they would do it then. It's not worth I think the weird million euros to Hytaspor, which is where he's going on loan for the end of the season, or Antalo Spore, where he's played his best football, or his only football, really. Uh, yeah, just cut your losses and try and get some money. It's a shame. Uh, it's a shame with Aliar because I I think there's, especially from what we've seen of him so far this season, where he's, he's actually looked okay. There's a player. Um, there is, there is, but how long can we say that is the problem yeah. about him? Obviously, I mean, for me, it's if he wasn't, because I think he's probably on also quite a high whack of wages. And I think if he wasn't on such high wages, they'd probably have been more willing to give him more of a chance in the team. But considering we've not really seen the end product that we expected from him since signing, and he's got a poor injury record, they're probably thinking. I don't know if we can do this anymore, but there is, he is a good player and it's a shame because I think if he'd have had a decent run, start of last season, he was, he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. And then it, whenever he seems to find form, he gets another long-term injury and we lose him. And then it takes him a while to get back up to that point. And it's just how long, how long can you go sort of at that sort of um, uh, rhythm where, you know, he's constantly in and out of the team and just saying, well, he might get good eventually. You know, you've just uh, uh, similar to Cynic, you've just got a quick losses, I suppose, about the but it is a shame. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There's a website that does player salaries and stuff. And for the academy players, it's relatively accurate. And it says Alayar's on like 20 odd grand a week. Cynic's on yeah. 17 or something like that. And that, not- that's, that's not cheap. It's, it's not, it's not the kind of money you expect for the... Yeah, that, I don't know how accurate those are, but it gives us an idea, doesn't it? Yeah. The only reason I say it is for the academy players my age are relatively accurate. Mm. 
I mean, the only way I understand player salaries is what the average is on FIFA, right? And I'm pretty sure the stat for the... I don't know whether it's the median or the mode uh, or the mean, but the average uh, Premier League salary is now about £80,000 a week. And on FIFA years ago, it was more 30-40. It was 40 for like a good, solid Premier League player. I remember that. So it's probably doubled since then. So my, my I've always had in my head that the top players at the club at the moment, like Serie and Tufan, are probably on 20. And that cynic and ally and people probably on 10 15 i think i think realistically i have no nothing to base that on really i think realistically at this level i think between 10 to 20k is a top end championship player i would think so i think you'd find most of the league are probably on about 10 ish you know you you your sides have got decent players that that the first team quality at most championship clubs will probably be on between 10 and 15 and i think if you're looking at a guaranteed five under the LMs for the last few years it was five grand and I feel like if that if the average was like 30 then they would never have signed for us ever but um I feel like yeah five lowest 10 median and then 20 is probably what your players like two fan are that sort of thing because I know the wages in Turkey will be bigger but it isn't Premier League the biggest wages are probably going to be more 30 40 50 there but Again, I don't really know, but more. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, Ali are potentially the only one that you'd give a go if they play well over there in, uh, is it Westerlo or Westerlo in Belgium? And then Lakilo, don't know where he's going. That's not been confirmed. I think we'd have to get the winger out and Lakilo out on deadline day. And then uh, Cynic Heitospor, which is where Adama Traore used to play for. Um I don't know whether I mean as well. Hmm? In pre-season as well, didn't we? Yes, true, true. Um, I don't know how many people realise this. Probably a lot, but I'm going to keep mentioning it anyway. It's kind of surprising how how, how a lot of people say that. Oh, they're not happy about the signings because they're from the Turkish league, and how many of them have worked out? Um, yeah, a lot of them haven't, but a lot of the players we have signed who haven't come directly from Turkey, have played there. Um, just today I was watching highlights uh, from the Trabzonspor um, uh, game and Oscar Estepinian was scoring against them a few years ago. He was in Turkey, so he was in Turkey, Troyero was in Turkey um, and some others I'm probably forgetting. Um, but yeah, a lot of them have been in Turkey at some point in their career, which maybe is why they've signed for us. Uh so, yeah, we're signing a striker on loan. Um, I maybe have a bit of a controversial opinion on this, so I'm just going to let Germanant maybe be a bit more positive. Thoughts on Noah Ohio on loan from Standard Liège? I don't know now about him. He's young. He looks, he looks yeah. exciting from what I've seen. He looks like a player who's got clear ability. You know, a lot of his uh, teams that he play for say positive things. Um, obviously there's question marks on his goal scoring record if you sign a striker ideally you want them to score goals but then you could also counter that and say the lap scoring record wasn't brilliant before he came to us and he's arguably one of our best attackers this season so sometimes it takes the right manager the right system the right setting something like that just to get that sort of extra level in a player and hopefully he gets that with us but for me you know he's not scored a single league goal this season 
Um, so if you wanted to sign a striker to try and get you over the line to the top six, on paper, that doesn't seem like the kind of striker you want to be bringing in. But like I said in my tweet before, I think you've just got to trust in We've rarely got transfers wrong with him. Um, so he's clearly seen something in this lad that he likes. Let's let's judge him based on what he does for us first uh, yeah. rather than what he's done for other teams. To me, I think he's worth a go. He's been in Man United and Man City's academies as a kid. Uh, I saw someone say on Twitter that they played against him. Uh, a City fan said they played against him when he was in academy football. And if he's anything like he was then, he's going to be a decent player. Um, well, yeah, yeah, it's it's only because Delap's injured and Connolly might not be back until the sort of middle of this month that we've looked at another striker. And like you say, I'm Rossini's clearly seen something in him. YouTube highlights that people have spoken about on Twitter say he looks like a sort of Delap esque striker. Is the standard of football he scored a few goals in the highest? Not really, but could he be a diamond in the rough? Potentially. I think he's worth a go because we've got nobody else. And if Rossini thinks he can get the best out of him, then I'll trust his judgment. Until There's so many variables to it as well, though, isn't there? Because realistically, for these teams that he's played for, how many chances do they create for him? And then They might not like, create that many for him. You said on Twitter last night, Nathaniel, that he, although his stats don't look great, it looks as though most of his appearances have come off the bench. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how much can we take from that? How long did he just get a few minutes at the end to kill some clock? Or did he get half an hour every game kind of thing? So, like you say, Ant, there are a lot of variables. And I'll judge how good he is or isn't when I've seen him play for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's very reasonable. My initial reaction was not overly positive now obviously that doesn't mean he's going to be a bad player because obviously we need to see him play in the games that he's going to play and you know I wasn't expecting anyone hugely brilliant because it would be the fourth striker at the club and it's January and we wasn't planning on guessing one until just a few days before this rumour came out and you know it's very difficult to sign strikers at any point to be honest let alone uh, in January when you had me planning on one uh, previously. However, uh, yes, I mean, I, the fact he's not scored this season in the league, fine, because he's been coming off the bench for a uh, top Belgium club and Belgium's decent enough league, happily get some players from the Belgian league, uh, you know, give him a go. But the thing is, it's just he's not the sort of player, I don't mean in terms of the style of play, because I've done the goal video very quick, like to lap, that makes sense. Replace the lap with another quick player. But the thing is, is just I imagined that we'd get someone not like Sharp necessarily, but just someone like Sharp who, who's played in England and maybe a bit older, just to tide, tide us over for the next few games, rather than a young player who will have to accumulate to England when really, in my head, this striker was signing is like for five games and then I'm happy with Connolly to start until Delap's back because I think Connolly's pretty good at this level and knows how to play the system because he's been doing it for a year. Whereas Ohio, uh, it, I, that would be a good signing, but not the one I would have thought they'd make in the situation. That's like a start of the season to develop him sort of signing rather than we do need an impact now 
because he'd be the only one fit other than Sharp, who, bless him, you know, can't run. So <laughs> that was my initial reaction. But if he's going to be the similar sort of type of player to Delap, give him a go. And uh, with the other, with the three players behind him, Philogene, Carvalho, Ermer, maybe, Tufan, Traore, another winger, his his job isn't just going to be scoring goals because we have other players to do that. So let's give him a go. My I mean, look at it this way. Realistically, it's like we're, 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 we're building up decent squad depth for that position. So the lap's going to be out for two to three months, right? So we're not going to see him for a while. But if we get to a point where we're in the running or we finish in the playoffs, we've got the lap back for that. But then you've got the lap, yeah. you've got Connolly, you've got Billy Sharp, and you've got a higher as four strikers to choose from. So now it's suspension, injury, because we know Connolly's made a glass. We couldn't realistically just have Billy Sharp in this time period between now and obviously when Delap comes back. So realistically, we needed to have another option just to just to throw in there. Like we said, I don't think he's going to come here and start every single game. That I don't, I don't think that's what he's been brought in for. He's been brought in to sort of plug a hole temporarily. And then if he turns out well, he turns out well. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But we just needed another striker because we can't have um, a 37-year-old Billy Sharp playing two games a week. Yeah, I mean, you can you can win a game 1-0 if our defence improves. You can have a higher run for an hour, tire out the defenders with his pace, which he clearly has. Some of his goals have basically just been sprinting past every player on the pitch uh, with a one-on-one. And then Sharp can win the game with the last half an hour against some tired defenders. That would work. So, yeah, exactly. You don't have to just score goals as a striker. There are other parts of the game. And this is a good uh, comment from Neil as well, to be yeah. fair, because obviously mm. Rosinia does seem to get the best out of players when people tend to write them off. I mean, we've seen it a few times now, so hopefully he's just another example. Yeah. Uh, to mention Connolly, I mean, Joe, you said that you're going to have some contract uh, information available. Yeah, I've got, I've got a, a massive spreadsheet, really, because I'm a bit of a, a bit of a squad number nerd and contract nerd. No. I've got sort of every single player at the football club when their deals are up. And then mm. Connolly, obviously the elephant in the room when we signed him was one year deal, no option, no option to take him for an extra year. I think we'll end up signing him. Uh, oh. I think we'll end up keeping yeah. him for, for longer because I can prove that he, he, he's good for him. Clearly likes it here. He clearly gets on with Rosinia. Excuse me, Rosinia clearly gets the best out of him, so why should we not keep him on? And then to bring it back around to Ohio, Nathaniel, my initial reaction was a bit like you, going like, hmm, who is it? I went straight to Google to find out a bit about him. <laughs> I, I'm willing to give him a go. Yeah. One, he reported that we'd offered Connolly a deal. I'm sure it was mentioned about a month or so ago. I think it was close last month. I think it was mentioned a bit ago that we're talking about it, but then Christmas, New Year, all that kind of thing gets in the way, doesn't it? They've probably sort of taken it back off the table now. He keeps getting injured. We'll talk I about it actually, in some <laughs> I really think so. I think it's just sort of January transfer window and there your priorities are strengthening immediately, aren't they? And not looking at the summer. Mm-hmm. But I like, think that... Uh, compared to other players who keep getting injured, when Connolly's fit, he actually plays well and scores goals. And uh, with the way we play, um, considering that if Oscar's going to be leaving, 
we don't actually have any con contracted strikers for next season. I yeah, I was I'm literally gonna... about to say that. I was like, um, we, yeah. we probably should be thinking about some of them because yeah. at the minute, we will have a team. I mean, especially in the striking yeah. role. Bishop's on a temporary deal to the end of the season. Connolly's expires in summer. Delap's on loan, so he goes back in summer. Ahaya's on loan, so he goes back in summer. Oscar is on loan. I think he's obviously... I think Connolly's happy here year. and... Oscar's year on his contract, no so, option. So Estepinian would be our only striker next season, as things stand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can feel that injury record quickly. I was talking to one of, one of the academy uh, lads about this because he's had a bit of a tough few years with injuries. He was, he's one of the new arrivals and he spent a lot of time out injured last year on an impact injury. And then this year he's had an ankle problem, contact injury in training. And then in the run-up to the FA Cup game against Birmingham, he was training with the first team and had the same ankle contact injury again. So when you look at his career, it looks as though his injury record's terrible. But it's not. It's just like it's just impact injuries and a bit of, a bit unlucky. And that's what Connolly's toe was last year. And that's what his shoulder and his concussion have been this season. And it's it just doesn't help when... Angus Gunn decides to launch into you, does it? Oh, yeah, and that the, that there's no way he, he's out injured now if he doesn't get launched into by Angus Gunn. Yeah. Unless something happens later in the game where he pulls something or whatever. But a lot of Connolly's injuries, the broken toe last year, the persistent toe problems through this season, they are mostly impact injuries. So to me, I don't think it's in, his injury record's that bad, really. I think it's just he struggled to get over the impact. Mm. And scores per minute are really good. Top yeah. five in the league or something. And uh, I think some of the ones above that is just Schmodix, who's the top goal scorer. And then a few players like Tom Eves, who haven't played enough for that stat to actually mean anything or scored enough, really. Rose Connolly <laughs> played a good amount and scored. So, yeah, I think uh, as a second-choice striker next season, possibly, uh, I'd be delighted to have Connolly for another year. I think he has been, he has certainly been the best example of that for senior style player where we sign him and he's not done well elsewhere, but he's done well here. So very much like Aaron Connolly. And then uh, I don't know whether I want to leave this till the very end. So um, the other thing is that we're trying to sign a winger, one on a permanent who would be straight into the starting 11, apparently. And then if we don't get him, Apparently, another one on loan. You might have just mentioned that, Joe, earlier in the episode. Uh, I mean, no idea who the winger is, but I think we need we we do need one with well with three wingers well, going out on loan the, as well. Yeah, I was going to say, especially if they're letting Lakilo go. Uh, my my first guess was Benson, but it seems like hmm. he's obviously off to Southampton. Um, so, and I don't think we'd be able to afford Benson, both fee and wages. And then I thought Raksaki. Um, but I don't think we'd get him permanently either. So I think he might be the one we've tried to go in for loan, although it does look like he's off to <laughs> Birmingham. So it seems the ones that I, I kind of want to get at, they've been mentioned before as well, um, tend to get ruled out. But like we say, the 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 really important signings, they, they tend to keep really quiet up until the, the, the absolute crunch moment where it seems all done and dusted so they feel safe enough to say it. But um, yeah, I mean, we definitely need a winger, if not two. Um, just for Wouldn't the fact that Morgan Whitaker. Well, we won't be That's not happening on a do, you know, do you know? Do you know one player who I was thinking about? You know, and I was watching the QPR Huddersfield game earlier. 
And he's not very he's not been as good as he was in that one season he had for Huddersfield, but Sauber Thomas, um, I think you'd be able to get relatively cheap from Huddersfield. He wouldn't have to move really because he's only in West Yorkshire. And he's got really good set piece delivery and crossing. So you'd have Giles on one side and Sauber Thomas on the other, and then a really good set piece taker. I feel like Sauber Thomas would be a good addition, but um he's just not consistent enough, maybe. But I, I don't uh, know. I mean there's there's there's, there's been a few names mentioned about but I'm only guessing I mean. Can do a hell of a lot worse than Sober Thomas, but do we want to be aiming higher than him? Probably. Mm, it's just it probably depends on the, uh, the 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 amount of money they're willing to spend on somebody. I mean, if the, if we're signing someone permanently and they're good enough to go straight in the first eleven, you'd imagine they're spending quite a bit. Um, I don't know. It's anyone's guessing it because I thought Omer would be going to be the winger, but sounds like it's not him. Mm. So yeah. apparently it looks like we're spending four million on him for to be on the bench. Yeah, it's I don't really understand it. Um well we've mentioned it there. Let's talk about uh my most exciting transfer, I'd say. Um you know, I just I just like the idea I, I imagined we were gonna be doing this and we haven't really I think, I mean, someone mentioned it's because we're in the Championship. Otherwise, we would have done it a lot more. If we're in the Premier League, I'm sure we're guessing the Turkish national team. But I imagine that we'd be doing what Wolves did and just sign every Portuguese player possible. But that hasn't really happened. Um, although, again, I'm sure it would if we got promoted. Um, Abdul Kadir Umur. Um, the fan, uh, Facebook forum is going to struggle to spell that. Oh, uh, but Omer. It's reasonable, so let's just call him that. Um, now, when this was first rumoured, because um, I think it's been rumoured two or three times before, just like Mia Zayic from Fenerbahce is rumoured every transfer window um, because, you know, they play in Turkey. I thought, well, that's nonsense. That's just paper talk. We're not looking for number 10. Uh, we're not looking to spend lots of money in January. We're not looking to sign another player from Turkey because we haven't done that. But then it was announced that he was desperate to come here. And then even after that, um, Ajahn has confirmed, uh, apparently, that we've agreed a four million uh, pound, six million euro fee. I feel like that's option or obligation to buy in the summer and it'd be initial loan. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, It's a bit up in the air. We'll see. So... Uh, just to give a little bit of background because I know you've said you don't know anything about him. Uh, he can play on the wing, maybe as the preferred number 10, but he's just one of those, like two fan, yeah. and you'll know Ant because you were expecting to play number eight and then they sort of stuck you false nine. Yeah, yeah. My idea is that two fan, <laughs> two fan was a number eight for Turkey. He didn't, uh, and in uh, for Fenerbahce. But coming here to the championship, we realised, oh, he's so good. We have to stick him further to the goal. And so he's actually scored more goals playing in England than he ever did in Turkey. Whereas I think Omer, maybe he's a number 10. But I think, again, because he's, he would be so good, um, based on transfer marked, uh, the 40th best Turkey player. Omer's the 19th, I think I saw. So should be better than Tufan. Um, that basically, yeah, if we play him on the wing, he's going to be happy there and he should be able to do well in the championship. But I think uh, he's actually played more games on the wing than he has mm. anywhere else. So yeah. maybe he's the winger. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, tricky player, quite short, scores good goals, doesn't score a lot of goals. And this season he's played a lot until the last few games where him and Bozok, the striker, have been sort of rejected and kicked out the, the first team and the training by themselves. Don't know why. Translation might be off. It might just be that they're happy Probably to sell Probably said he wants to come here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, a few years ago, 2019, he was linked to Man City and Liverpool for about 20, 30 million pounds. Yeah. Stayed. Uh, pivotal attacking player, scored seven goals in their uh, first league win in 38 years back in 2022. Uh, scored in the Turkish Cup final in 2020, which they won. So, He's a top attacking player for a top Turkish team, surely that's a good signing. He's completed Turkey. He's won the Turkish League, won the Turkish Cup, won the Turkish Super Cup. But I, I did a bit of an essay on Instagram stories yesterday, and I'm going to <laughs> rehash that essay here. Not quite. It's the best perfect. place to put your message out, isn't it? Instagram stories. That's the best place for long form. Uh, written entertainment always not quite sure how i feel about this one the four million could probably be better spent elsewhere and the signings we've made from the super league last summer haven't really worked apart from two fan however this lad is more established than the likes of cynic and tete were and was a target for man city not too long ago to play devil's advocate however pelcast was established and he didn't turn out to be anything particularly special the jury's out let's see how he gets on Yes, that's a sensible answer, but I'm not willing to be sensible. I'm willing to say, Irma God, and, uh, you know, talk about him incessantly. Uh, Just to, to play a devil's advocate then and try and be uh -huh. the flip side to Joe's more positive coin there, then let's let's say £4 million obligations by in, in summer, if that's the way that the transfer works out. That's already in, within two players. That's £8 million spent on Ryan Giles and Irma. And realistically, in this in this in this current eleven now, um, if we are signing a winger who's going to go straight into the first eleven, why are we spending four million pounds on a player that's not going to start? Or if so, if he is going to start, who are we dropping for him? Or are we just signing him in preparation for Cavalio not being with us next season and maybe not renewing Traore's contract? Just another point to chuck into the uh, mm -hmm. to chuck into the atmosphere. Valid counter. Valid counter. I'd say so. Not necessarily a counter, just another point to consider. Yeah. Well, it, these mm. are the things that people are going to ask. So it was good. Good job that you were ready with an answer. Yeah. I suppose. Well, I said, I mean, I, I'm so forgetful. Did I say that we were going to spend two million on Keenan Davis in the summer? Did yes, I have, have I said? I said that on the pod. Well, you I mean, again. That's not how it works. But you could say, well, that's only two million because we were happy to spend two million. You know, in terms of financial fair play, but. Very similar to the Davis one. At that point, with Colin Lindelap, I didn't think we would need to sign a third striker. Um, turns out we probably should have. But oh well. I think it's if so. People are saying, "Oh, we need to spend the money on a striker." Yeah, I mean, if you spent four million on a striker, um, they wouldn't be anywhere near as good as um, uh, as a winger because stri striker money is just insane. Uh, I mean, who, who who could you get for four million in the championship as a proper player, as a striker? Get Tom Eaves, I think. <laughs> Maybe someone slightly better than Tom Eaves. Yeah, you get Will Keane. Maybe you'd get Will Keane or someone who's yeah, a good Will player, Keane but a little bit more, I think. Maybe. 
two Will Keens, two Keenan <laughs> Davises. Um, I think it's an opportunistic one. I think that they've seen, oh, look, we can get Ermer and hopefully, you know, I think four million on him, you could hopefully sell him if he played well for more. If it's an option to buy in the summer, I think that's a better deal than obligation. I think he is higher rated than Pelkas and Ted Lane Cynic were. Um, I also but... hope that this is a, a Liam Rosinia sanction transfer. Yes, absolutely. I, I think, think they're beyond that, surely. I think it will be, surely. You'd, you'd like to think so. Just obviously, he might not be fully out of that. Well, I want one of my Turkish superstars phase yet. And uh, that's the one. <laughs> but I, I don't think Rosinia would have accepted the job if he if he was told that every now and again Ajahn's going to bring one of his Turkish right. ultimate team players across. Yeah, so. pretty much. Um, true, true. But that's not worked out. I mean, it's not worked out. I mean, it's. Uh, it's it's not enough to fulfil Ajahn's, you know, craving for random Turkish attacking player because it's not played. Um, see, that's the thing. Uh, who uh, the front four? I think Rossini is not so stupid to have five attacking players. Who are the front four going to be with all these players coming in? I mean, it would be easier to do this once we know who the winger is. But uh, are we assuming that the three rumored? i.e. Giles Ohio and Omar are signing. Yeah, yes. well, let's assume that. So, let's so, assume so, that. so I would imagine that it's going to be um, Ohio as uh, leading the line, and then you'll have Philogene, um, Cavalio, and I don't know. There you That's go. It has to drop too fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. And he did play wide. You don't want to sit on the bench, do you? I mean, it's how we're saying this, but it's also a good thing that we've got so many good attacking players to rotate. For me, you can't play us. You can't put Tufan anywhere in that team, barring that second striker role. For me, that's the only place I think that you, you get an eight or a nine out of ten from him. I mean, you play him deeper, you lose um, a lot of what he offers in attacking, and he's not great defensively. Let's be honest. Um, Cavalier, I, f- I feel like you'd lose a lot of his influence if you played him on the wing. Yeah. Even though he said that he can, I think it's it's we don't want to be in another position where we're playing square pegs in round holes and midfielders out on the wing. And I just feel like even with this new winger coming in, we're going to end up doing that. Hmm. Yeah, I just feel like it's inevitable. I mean, even when Adama Traore comes back, you can 100% guarantee that he's going to be used as a rotation option for the winger. Well, yeah, of course he is. So That's the reason why Twain left. We've just got no wingers and, and we're bringing in one that's apparently going to start and then another number 10, and another number 10. And it's just like, I don't get what's going on. I'm, unless Cavalio has been said that he's happy playing out wide and wants to, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a bit it's bizarre for me, but mm-hmm. it's to see. Okay. Uh, I think, oh, what am I going to call this section? Um, implied grammar for football tactical reasons segment with Nathaniel. That's a rubbish name. But How's the one? Okay. Uh, so, I think Nat's chat. I, I'm just thinking about the book that I've got here. I'm always thinking about this book, um, How to Watch Football by Tifo. Tifo, you know, plug for them, incredible. Uh, this is why we didn't win an award this year. 
yeah because i've read that book uh yeah. <laughs> um our content's gone so down the drain on the tifo irl podcast they did at one point say uh that you know really football tactics should be as simple as getting your best 11 players on the pitch right so long as you're not playing 10 defenders or 10 attackers the idea is to get good players onto the pitch right that you have to do that at some level and my idea is that Ömer, as a turkish national and one of the top attacking players at one of the top turkish clubs which is a good league you can get into the champions league from there he should play carvalho who was one of the best attacking players and signed permanently and played games for liverpool has to play philogene is Jaden philogene he has to play Ohio, Connolly, Sharp, eh, not that level. And and if we're signing a winger who will apparently start, he will apparently start. And then Tufan is our second top goal scorer. So what you're now, saying is Tufan... The grammar fun. thing... No, no, the, the grammar thing is that in the Humberside Sport interview with Rossinia um, last week before the Sunderland game... One of them, the, the interviewer asked Rossinia, uh, how, how, how's the search for a striker going? You know, because you need some new players in. How's the search for a striker in? And immediately, like if it was a little pause, but Rossinia immediately said, oh, well, Philogene's coming back for Millwall. Hmm. Just stick him up front. Problem solved. Because the idea is that, like, false nines never worked, but Philogene it wouldn't be a false nine because he's a quick player. Get him in behind as per Connolly. No. Interesting. I've not thought about no. that. Inter- no, I'm getting an interesting and I'm getting a no. Okay, okay. No, absolutely not. For me, the wingers, he is a natural winger. And yeah. when you try and play natural wingers as a number nine or getting in behind through the middle they lose every ounce of what makes them technically a good player because then they have to change and play with their game with the back to goal or try and play it in, in a new dimension to what they're not used to. What makes Philogene good is he gets the ball and he can either he's one-on-one with a fullback, right? So he can either go outside or inside with him, which he does very well, and he can create chances or cut into the box and try and shoot. If, he's, if he plays through the middle, as we saw with Bowen a lot, when McCann used to try and play Bowen through the middle, it's an entirely different game to play through the middle than it is as a fullback. You've now got two centre halves on your back. You've got a couple of midfielders limiting your space. You, you, you can. You, it's, it's not for a winger. I think there are players that can do winger and striker, but they're ones who have throughout their career probably diverted, diverted between the two and know what it takes to play in that role. Philogene to me doesn't seem like the kind of player who would do very well through the middle, so I wouldn't like to see that. But okay. if we were to try two fan and Cavalio up front as the um, two strikers rotating, which which Tufan did very well towards the end of last season, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I would prefer that to fill yeah. the Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Reasonable. I think you want him on the pitch, don't you? You want Tufan on the pitch because with those four players, he's been here the longest. The idea should be that he is most, you know, and, and yeah, as I said, he was playing sort of centre mid for Fenerbahce. Get him as far away from our goal as possible. Put him up front. Yeah. Yeah. When Ozan's on the pitch, Ozan, well, and when Ozan's in form, he usually does well. Hmm. And he He's has... another player who can win it in a moment. Yeah, definitely. 
And you know, after injuries, it might take him a bit a bit longer to get going. But if if we need if he needs a bit longer after a after an injury to get going, then you know, so be it. Put him in the twenty ones, get him some minutes to get him back up to that level. Because, like you say, and he's he's one of the players who, you know, he's one of the reliable ones to step up from well for a penalty first of all, not missed one since he's been here, and. You know, he's a great, great technical player. And if he's fit, if he's in form, he should be on the pitch, no doubt. I think that as well, you've got to look at it like when I said earlier about Cavalier is one of those players who can win you a game just by himself. Philogene is the kind of player who can win a game by himself. You want as many of those players on the pitch as possible. So if you have two fan Cavalier and Philogene on the pitch, you've got three players there that in one moment across the 90 minutes, could score from the edge of the box, could produce a little bit of magic, take on two or three players and start in the far corner. You've got three players there that can win you the game. Um, I, it's, how we set up, obviously, Ronnie Rosinia knows, but for me, at the minute, especially with the the, the fact that Delap's out, Tufan needs to be on the pitch, Cavallio needs to be on the pitch, and Philogy needs to be on the pitch. So I think, realistically, until we've signed said winger, I think it's going to be Cavallio outright, but afterwards. Yeah. It just depends who that is, because we don't know it's going to be looking ahead just quickly tomorrow Seri in the round of 16 against Senegal do we think oh, please lose do we think if he gets knocked out he'll be back in time for Millwall well he'll be back here but he might not be involved but he might he'll be back for Swansea and at least that's one more game yeah I mean am I in the minority of City fans that actually want Ivory Coast I, do want, I want him to do well for his country, yes. But equally, they're not in the sort of form that suggests to me they'll beat Senegal. The silver lining of Ivory Coast not doing very well is that we would get Serie back sooner than than we expected. But for me, like I just, I, as fans, and he's a player, are we surely you want to see him lift the trophy. Kind of, but tra- Marley can fans win. Praying for Ivory Coast to lose. I'm not Marley a fan of. <laughs> Delighted, I'd be. Delighted if Mali won the Africa Cup of Nations. How about that? That's an answer. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Troy over the yeah. moon. You should want them both but to do Ivory it. Both in the final. Both in the final. Coast. No. <laughs> no. Look, I like Adama Troy. I think he's a good player, but just I want I want Mali to do really well. <laughs> You should want Ivory Coast to do well, but in case they don't, the positive is we're getting back. But you should want them to do well. Uh, I, He's I our was, player. I, I was Ima- devastated when they... Imagine him looking at... Imagine being Seri, right? So put yourself in Seri's sh- boots. You're scrolling down Twitter lens. thinking, oh, what's happening What's happening with all City? Um, and then seeing every single fan going, oh, I hope Ivory Coast get absolutely battered. Ha-ha, Ivory Coast are doing shocking. Imagine how he feels. <laughs> like... He's not getting no support from us as a fan base, is he? Let's be honest. So if, if you are, by any stretch of the imagination, listening to this Serie, I hope you win the tournament. And if you don't, the positive is we get to welcome you back sooner. Yeah, the, I think if you win it, oh well. If Ivory Coast don't play Serie after losing 4-0 to Equatorial Guinea, they deserve to go out. Because if he's not even being played after, you know, the most humiliating result in their history, probably. Um, then what's the point? 
he might as well pack his bags. Traore's not playing either. Traore, he was like off the bench once, wasn't he? Oh, was he? I think so. Yeah, he didn't score. Well, Ooh, good luck. Just... Yeah. I've just got a very intimidatingly loud uh, battery low message on my Bluetooth headphones, so I think we better wrap this up. Um, well, you're the host. I, I am the host. I, I'm okay doing outros, um, so long as I get you to click the button. Can you click the button for me, Ant? Do you want me to click the button? Are you going to say bye to everybody I mean, first? Okay, well, I'll say goodbye. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know whether we're going to be doing another stream at, like, 12 o'clock on Wednesday. Probably not. Uh, but I'll certainly be tweeting. And, uh, yeah, thanks for everyone who's commented. Neil Ruiz has been prolific in the comments today, so thanks for that. And uh, we'll be back next week after, hopefully, four superb championship-quality signings. So, uh, and thank you, Joe, and, and as well. All right, click the button now. Let's go. Bye, <laughs> Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.